Welcome to Joyful Marketing. I'm Simone Soul, and I teach you how to get your life coaching practice fully booked without having to pay for ads, buy Instagram followers, or complicated sales funnels. It's not rocket science, and you can do it too. Listen on to find out how. Hey friends, guess what? Something that I've been talking about a lot lately with my friends and clients and something that I've been getting lots of questions lately about is on the topic of free offers, free coaching or free products or services that you, that you offer, um, as a way to create interest in your business, as a way to create interest in your, in your coaching. And of course, if you offer something for free, clients get an amazing deal of um, experiencing your amazing teaching and coaching through your offer with at zero cost. But they're not the only ones getting a great deal. You're also getting a great deal as a coach because guess what? You get to have a living, breathing body in front of you or many bodies in front of you to practice your craft, to get better, to get experience and to improve your own confidence this way. It's like training, but for free, right? So I always love to set up when you offer something for free, not as, oh, it's like, you know, as a lot of people like to treat free stuff as if they're kind of like a lesser transaction than things that you pay money for. But I don't think so at all. What would it be like if you treated every free offer that you make as not free at all? Because there is a very significant, meaningful exchange involved. You are giving them something super valuable, your intellectual property, your time, your brain, your attention. All of those things, my friends, are incalculably valuable. Trust me, they really are. And your clients, they might not be giving you money, but they are giving you something that's equally precious and valuable and important, which is their time, their attention, their trust, their openness and willingness to work with you, right? So this is how I see free offers. It's not just, it's not a lesser offer. It's not something that's like a step down from, you know, transactions that money is involved in. I don't believe that at all. So, I often recommend doing work for free when it comes to, not for everybody, but when it comes to coaches who are, whose primary reason for having difficulty in marketing and selling is that they don't feel confident about their coaching because they just haven't coached that many people before. They're very new. They're very fresh in their coaching business and they think that they should be able to have more confidence. So they kind of like beat themselves, beat themselves up over at the same time. But it really is like, I, say all the time that coaching is a craft. It's a skill like anything else, like carpentry, like welding, like gardening, like painting. It's a skill that you get better at with practice. The more bodies you put in front of you to actually coach and and take risks and have the opportunity to either fail or succeed and test out your theories and assumptions, right? The more people you have that experience with, the more skilled you're going to get, the more confident you're going to get, the more testimonials you'll have. And it's, it's going to boost just every aspect of your business. So I recommend working for free. Again, not for everybody. I want to be very, very clear about that. It's not a good strategy for everybody. But if you're in a place where you think you're doubting your own skills and that kind of insecurity is like leaking out into your business and it's because you like literally have not had very much experience coaching actual human beings. Anyway, that was like a really long interlude to me. (laughs) Inviting you to listen to this episode, which is one I recorded Oh my goodness, three, four years ago? Holy crap. But it is 
exactly what I want to tell everybody who asks me questions about how to sell effectively with their free offers, how to invite in the right person to snap up your amazing free offers, and how to, how to have that translate into actual business. And more, most importantly, the thing that people struggle with the most emotionally is when they have a free offer, and even if it's free, nobody taking up taking them up on it. And so in this short podcast episode, I'm going to share about all of that. And it is going to be super helpful if this is something that you want to pursue. And I really recommend that you do if you're in that specific situation. And also it contains some amazing you know, snippets about marketing and sales in general. So I really think you're going to get a lot out of it. All right. So enjoy this episode, why people don't take you up on your free offer. I've had this happen a lot in my business history where I would put out something that I thought was amazing for free, whether it's a product or something that I offer my time to like free coaching and free sessions and had way lower interest than I anticipated. And I made that mean that number one, I suck. Number two, everybody hates me. Number three, nobody values my work. Number four, if I can't even take people to get what I offer for free, I'm never going to make money. Nobody's ever going to pay me if nobody's even willing to take what I have for free. So all of those are thoughts I used to have. And I am happy to report to you now from the other side that none of that is true. Just because nobody or very few people took you up on your free offer does not mean you suck or that your offer sucks or that people don't like you or they don't trust you or that you're never going to make money. It means none of those things. So I want to suggest some helpful ways of thinking about free offers that will hopefully allow you to take away the right learning from what you've done and have generate more interest for your next offering. So number one, the reason that we get confused about people, not enough people taking us up on our free offers is because we are believing that people's primary decision-making motivation is price, or that their primary filter is price. So people who have this thought often tend to, when they feel anxious, when they're not selling enough, they often tend to discount their prices, thinking that that will get more people to buy or they offer for free because, yeah, they have this idea that more, if you have to pay more money, (laughs) people are less likely to buy. And if you don't have to pay as much or if it's free, people are more likely to buy. And the important point here is that definitely price is a concern. Price is a filter for most people, but it is not number one. It is probably like number five or six. That's not precise, but just think of it as being low on the number of priorities when it comes to filters for how people make decisions to buy. Because even when people think that the price is the most important thing, there are things, multiple things that come before the price. And the number one thing that comes before the price is the perceived value to that specific person at that specific time. So maybe the something that helps people cook 
giant meals for many, many people in a short amount of time with low effort is not a super duper priority. It's not all that interesting to a lot of people most of the time. But during the holidays, it becomes a very high priority issue. So people value information that helps them with that, for example, right? And how to, you know, get your kids ready for school without drama, without screaming, without fighting or yelling (laughs) might be super high value for moms with kids or dads with kids, but not for somebody like me who doesn't have kids. So it's what I'm trying to say is that all depends on where somebody is who is perceiving your offer, whether your offer is scratching their itch, so to speak. So if you are conveying the value of your thing in a way where it's not crystal clear to the buyer whether it's going to scratch their itch, meaning it's whether it's going to help them with the precise thing that they are considering very high priority at that moment, then they're not going to buy. Not because they think your thing is not good or not because they think you are not good or any of those things. It's just, it doesn't happen to be my itch at this moment. I don't need help scratching it, right? So (laughs) that reminds me of a funny story. I live in Seoul, South Korea, where there is a lot of interest in skincare and I was walking down the, you know, this sort of very trendy neighborhood street shopping or something or other. And I got accosted by somebody representing a skincare company who started to talk to me on the street and tell me about everything that my face like needs help with. <laughs> this might be considered very unwelcome and intrusive and rude in some context, but in that particular neighborhood, it kind of made sense just because everyone's super appearance obsessed. <laughs> and this lady started to tell me, Oh, you have very dry skin. Like you have a beautiful face, but you know, you have sunspots and you know, this kind of treatment can help you. And she's just basically like started, started to educate me about all the treatments that could improve the look of my skin. And the whole time she was talking, I was just thinking, this is just so I could not care less. It's not that I thought the lady was, you know, offering a bad service or that I didn't, or that I didn't trust her for any particular reason. It's just on my list of priorities in life at that moment. And even now reducing the appearance of sunspots on my face is like number 572. (laughs) Very, very low priority. I got 99 problems (laughs) and sunspots on my face ain't them for me at this time in my life. (laughs) So she talked my face off or she tried. And I just, I told her, honestly, look, I appreciate what you're doing. And I just have zero interest in in improving this look appearance of my skin. And she was very taken aback. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) What do you mean? You're not, you don't care about getting better skin. And I was like, I just don't care that much. I think I look good enough. (laughs) If it helps you to understand, I'm not from here. (laughs) I'm from the U.S., And skincare is just not as big of a deal. And I'm fine with how I look. And she was like, okay. And then she just kind of let me go. I think this was really funny because she was so visibly taken aback by my response. I didn't tell her, oh, I can't afford it. I didn't tell her, I don't think this is the right company for me. I didn't tell her any of these things. I just told her, I don't really care about skincare. Like the itch that you want to help me scratch, 
it doesn't really itch. (laughs) So the moral of the story is that if what you're offering doesn't, you know, the, the benefit that you offer isn't on the other person's very high priority list, it is not going to land. They're not going to care. They're not going to say yes. Now, there are times when you offer something that you know is going to be, you know, is high priority for the other person. You know, for a fact that your offer could help so many people with something that could vastly improve their lives. And you thought you communicated that and they still didn't buy, or rather they did still didn't take you up on your free offer. It's because you didn't do a clear enough job describing exactly how the solution that you propose will help them in their day-to-day lives in a very specific and concrete way. So for example, I work with a lot of life coaches. I am a life coach. I have a lot of life coach colleagues and they might say something like, I will help you feel calm, feel more calm and in control of your emotions in your life. Now, you might think, well, who wouldn't want that? We all struggle with anxiety and we all struggle with, you know, negative emotions and they all feel terrible. And why wouldn't anybody's highest priority be to feel more calm? Right. But that's not, and feeling calm might not be what feels like the itchiest itch for the people reading. So for example, what if you had said instead, I will help you stop yelling at your child, no matter what they yell no matter what the child does, I will help you to always speak in a calm voice to your child. And after you go through my signature three-step process, (laughs) you will never yell at your child again. Now that might be more interesting because this person might specifically be feeling bad about how much she yells at her child. And, you know, the, the prospect of not being able to not do that ever might be very appealing. Like that might be an itch that they want scratched. But you see how it's almost like the same thing. Like learning how to not yell at your kid is emotional, you know, learning emotional mastery, but putting it in terms of these concrete specific examples of how this could help them in their lives could be often much more compelling. Now, all these ideas are just good principles to think about sales in general, but we kind of forget about them when we offer something for free or when we offer something that's heavily discounted because we think that we don't have to do as as much of a good job selling or writing copy or making a compelling case because it's free, because it should be enough of a selling point that it's free. My stance is always, you should sell your free things with just as much conscientious, strategic effort that you would sell any of your paid products or services. You don't just plop it in front of people and expect them to be interested just because it's free. I often like to say that the internet ruined free. I don't know if other people also said that, but... I say that all the time. So it's something that I say. (laughs) Internet ruined free because it has become so easy to offer something for free, to slap together a PDF, to record something on video and call it a webinar and say, it's free. But the availability of the technology that makes it easy to do that makes it easy for anybody with maybe less than honorable conscientious intentions to just slap together something that's low quality 
or just basically, you know, create something that's fluff and is not all that useful and lure people in saying it's free and it's going to, you know, be the greatest thing in the world and you should download it right now. But then you download it and it's like, this is not useful. We've all had that experience. Or if a service is free, we might assume that there are strings attached that we don't want to deal with, or we might be justifiably worried that there's going to be an awkward upsell in at the end. We've all been there. If you've been in, if you've interacted with online businesses at all, we've all experienced, you know, freebies that are fluffy or just any kind of free situation, which is just a long sales pitch for something else. So people are understandably wary about free and they're not just going to, that's another reason they're not just going to jump on something because it's free. It's almost like you have to be even more strategic, even more intentional about conveying why this is going to be really useful for them and why it's going to add to their lives, why it's going to scratch the precise itch that's bothering them and not just, you know, fail to register that a lot of people are suspicious about free. And there's that added, honestly, pressure on you to, to convince them, Hey, this is going to be really worth it. Like this is going to be good. And this is how. So my advice for selling free things and I use the word selling even if you don't charge money because anytime you inspire somebody to, to take action on something, I call that selling. The key to getting people to take you up on your free offer is to one, remember that free doesn't necessarily mean easier to sell. And in fact, you might have to overcome even more hurdles in people's assumptions that your offer might be low value or there might be an upsell attached to people's anxieties about that. So you have to do be very intentional in conveying to people clearly, specifically, and concretely how your offer is going to help them with something that is a high priority thing for them. How your thing is going to help to scratch one of their itchiest itches. <laughs> so... I hope that helps. And if you take away one thing from this episode, may it be that never, ever, ever take low engagement or low sales or low, you know, level of people taking you up on your offer as a sign that your, your stuff is not valuable or that people don't think you're great. It, that could not be further from the truth. And as you can see, there are so many things you can tweak to change your response. Just because nobody's willing to grab your thing for free, it does not mean that people are not willing to pay you. Remember, it's not about the price. Everything is based on perceived value. And if you know how to talk about the value that you offer, the usefulness you offer in a clear, concrete everyday situation sort of way, then you will be able to sell anything, no matter what the price point, including if it's free. So lots of things to play with. There's always something you can tactically improve on in order to understand your customers better and to position your products better. Do not despair and think, nobody wants my thing. It's not true. Hey, if you want a shot of fresh inspiration and actionable tips to improve your marketing every single week in your inbox, you better get on my email list. Sign up to receive my free ebook called 20 Unsolicited Copy Tips. It's been known to get people to come out of the woodwork and ask to work with you. So get on that link in the show notes and I'll see you in your inbox next time.